0: Welcome to the official Autodesk Inventor podcast. My name is Garen Gardner. I'm the technical marketing manager for Autodesk Inventor. This is episode number two and today is August 3rd, 2006. We're going to cover some news this week. We've got a new section called the user profile. We've got a couple of events and uh, some resources underneath our resource section Then we've got a handful of tips and tricks. Also, uh, earlier this week I did an interview with Charles Hoy. He's a product designer for Inventor and we'll roll that a little bit later. But let's jump into news. Our first piece of news comes from Augie. They have been running a wish list for Autodesk Inventor for a couple of months and they tallied up the, the votes and everything is in. So just to give you a little bit of background on this, this was something that users could go out and post their wish list for Inventor functionality that wasn't found in Inventor that they thought should be and then all the users could go out and vote on the functionality that they wanted and we would get the results of that. So I have the, the top ten here. I thought I would mention a couple of them. Uh probably the most surprising is the number one thing the the number one item in the vote and that's highlighting a constraint error in the assembly. And this is really the the main one in there that as far as I can tell the functionality is already an inventor and I, I may be missing something but I thought that I would point this out and then I'm I'm sure I'll get some points of clarification on this. But today if you have a couple of components that have uh, an error between the constraints, you can go up to our design doctor button, the little red plus at the top of the screen, select that, it'll show you the constraints or other issues within your part or assembly. And if it's a constraint error, you can select the constraint and basically start stepping through the resolution to it. The next Uh, The next screen should actually ask you if you want to isolate the constraint, delete the constraint, edit the constraint. Well, If you isolate it, it will turn off all the other components but the two components that are are contained within the the constraint issue. You can fix a constraint easily just with looking at those two components and then finish it and and isolate the other components. So it may be as simple as that to, to go in and solve this. There may be something else we'll, we'll take a look at that. Um, the number three item I thought was pretty interesting, folders or groups in the browser, being able to group things from your browser. This is probably helpful when you're working with uh, a lot of surfaces or different components. You can just put them in folders. Um, number four is create a slotted hole. So, you know, it sounds like um, adding something into the hole command. But uh, you know one thing we try to keep a lot of the, the functionality as simple as possible and and then offer other areas to do some of these things and one of those is through i features. You can create an i feature and, and make virtually anything you want and then pull that into your assembly and, and have it set up per parameters that you may define. So you may have certain heights, widths, depths, things like that that, uh, that you want to lock down and give you a little bit more control. Number six in the top ten is flexible parts. That would be something like having a spring that could have multiple states without saving it as a a couple of different files. Number seven is being able to do modifications in the flat pattern for sheet metal. And let's go down to number ten, bend line in flat pattern indicates bend direction. So I would suspect that that was once you had flattened out a sheet metal part in the 2D drawing you'd want to be able to represent the uh, the bend line or have the the bend line indicator to show which direction your bend is. There's some great wishes in there. I didn't cover them all. In the show notes, I'll actually have a link that you can go out and look at all ten. In fact, I think you can if you got to Augie's website, you can see virtually all of them and uh, get a, a good idea for what other users are posting. And then also, there's a new polling that will start in October. So keep in mind you know keep those wishes kind of uh, on a notepad the side of your desk and come october make sure and get them up to the augie website and allow other users to vote on them you never know your wish could make it into the product our next section is user profile each month on our manufacturing community portal we highlight one one of our members and get his bio get some information from him and post it and this month well the month of july we had Kent Keller. And many of you, if you've, if you've been out to the discussion groups or a little bit familiar with the community, Kent is a very active member in the inventor community. He's got a great website, which I'll mention a little bit later. And uh, he's, he's been very good for the inventor community. He's probably answered many of you guys' questions as you've posted uh, various things out on the discussion groups and, uh, and whatnot. But a couple of things that I thought I would hit on his profile the, the very first question was how long have you been using Autodesk Inventor and he said that he switched from mechanical desktop and jumped over to Inventor about the R4 timeframe of Inventor. So he's been using Inventor for quite some time now and uh, is, is very proficient with the product. But uh, if you haven't had a chance to go out and look at this, it's interesting to, to get a take on what other people are doing and some of the experiences that some of our users have had. Um the, the last question that was asked in here is what design advice would you offer your, to your peers? And one of the things that he had mentioned in here was the ability or to, to do, I believe he calls them uh, master sketching or some people know this as skeleton modeling. But to in a part create a, a, a sketch that would basically house a lot of the information for multiple parts and then basically use that to drive it into additional parts to make your assembly and it basically allows you to change one component that initial sketch which will propagate throughout an entire assembly and update all of it so there are a couple of tutorials Uh, i I believe you can even find a tutorial out on his website for this but uh... that's some some great advice for users that are out there designing parts that may have a lot of adaptivity or that want to be able to make you know a change in one location and have it propagate throughout an entire design so this, uh, this may not work for everybody but it, it definitely is a great tip. All right, on to our next section. Our next section is events. We've got a, a number of events coming up and I thought that I would mention a couple of them out there. Augie has a CAD camp going on and basically this is a regional learning and networking event. There are a number of events out there. I'll mention a couple of these, but the earliest one is September 14th. It's in Denver, Colorado. Uh, There's one in Phoenix, Arizona in October. Also Jacksonville, Florida, Milwaukee, uh, St. Paul, Minnesota, Birmingham, Alabama. These are all October. Um, St. Louis, San Diego, and it looks like in November and December, there's one in British Columbia and then Washington, D.C., So, if if, uh, you live in a close proximity to that and you want to join Augie for their CAD camp, definitely go out to the community site, take a look at this, and it looks like you need to register for this. So, take a look and see if it's something that might be beneficial to you. The next event is put on by ASI. They have a free lunch and learn series for Inventor, and they've got a number of dates and locations for this. If you have, if ASI is in your area and you'd like to go to a Lunch and Learn, definitely go out to the manufacturing community, see if there's a time and a date that works out for you. But, you know, on a lot of these events, I, there are hundreds of events in the manufacturing community, and I just go through and pull a couple of them out that I I think might be interesting in different areas each month. But uh, if you get a chance, I would definitely recommend going out and seeing if there's uh, a user group or you know, one of these lunch and learns or even a training event in your area that you might be interested in. This, These are great ways to see what's going on in your area. So definitely check that out. Earlier this week I had an interview with Charles Hoy. He's one of our local product designers for Inventor and he's quite a guru when it comes to part modeling. He's got some really great tips and tricks and feedback and a lot of knowledge in part modeling. So I'm going to roll the interview and let you hear a little bit about what his job entails, some of the things that he does here, and and those tips and tricks. So with that, I'll roll the interview. Today we have Charles Hoy. He's a product designer for the Autodesk Inventor team. And uh, we thought we'd take a, a few moments, talk a little bit about the organization behind coming up with a, a new release, some of the new functionality that, that you've seen in Inventor 11. And, uh, you know, it kind of starts out with a product management team uh, doing needs analysis, various surveys, meeting with customers, getting an idea of what we want in the next release. And then from there, we pass it over to a product designer to, to basically spec it out, figure out how it's going to work and, and flow and, and all of that. And uh, with that, I'm, I'm going to turn some time over to Charles and let him talk a little bit about his roles and responsibilities, what the product designers do and even some areas that he's worked on in Inventor 11. So with that, we'll turn some time over to Charles.
1: Hi, I'm Charles Hoy, and as Garen mentioned, I'm a product designer for uh, Autodesk Inventor. Uh, my role is to design the look and feel and behavior of the functionality you see in Inventor. Uh, I work with a marketing team and a product architecture team which gather requirements and define the the projects that we'd like to tackle, the, the functionality. We, we'd like to include in Inventor, over the span of a couple of releases. We boil that down to what we can deliver in one release and then I write a, sp- a functional specification which uh, which we give to the development team to implement for the next release of Inventor. Um, I'm responsible for the part modeling environment of Inventor, uh, more more specifically some of the advanced shape description features you've seen such as Loft or Sweep. I've also been involved in uh, Fillet and Shell in R11.
0: I would have to say that with Inventor 11, there have been some really nice enhancements. One of my favorites is the, the fillet enhancement. You know, we've added some really nice abilities to do full rounds to be able to fillet areas that we may not have been able to do before. So Charles, besides some of the fillet enhancements, what are some of your favorite enhancements that we've done to Inventor 11 in the part modeling environment?
1: So I think some of the best enhancements we've made are to both loft and the sweep feature. In loft, we've added centerline loft, which allows you to select a centerline rail for the loft to, to sweep along. It actually creates a loft that, that mimics sweep behavior, gives you a better loft shape. Uh, the rail in the centerline loft doesn't need to intersect the sections, which is a nice enhancement. Um, we've also added loft to point, so you can loft to both a sharp or a rounded point and pick a tangency plane to control the shape of that point. For Sweep, we've added both Guide Surface Sweep and Guide Rail Sweep capabilities. Guide Rail Sweep allows you to sweep along a path and a guide rail, and as the guide rail deviates from the path, the section can scale or twist to meet that guide rail. Guide Surface Sweep allows you to select a surface to which your profile will maintain a constant relationship. So when you're sweeping along a 3D path, traditionally it's been difficult to control the twist of a profile around that path. Now if you select a guide surface, your profile as it's swept will twist according to that guide surface. This is extremely useful for cam slots or any sweep in which you want your shape to follow the contour of a surface.
0: Yeah Charles, I'd have to say that uh, the loft to a point has been one of my favorite features in inventory. You know that's really opened a lot of doors for us as far as what type of models we can make and what we can do with it. Uh, also some of the sweep enhancements have been great. One of the things that, that I really like is the Sculpt tool. We haven't really talked about that much. Uh, can you can you talk about that? And, and also, you know, is this something for everybody? Is it something that's just for consumer products and more ergonomic-type shapes, or who can use this?
1: So the Sculpt tool is a marquee feature for part modeling in Release 11. It basically allows you to flood fill a 3D region that's bounded by any number of surfaces. You can think of it like a flood fill in a paint shop program only in 3D. The advantage is that there's no trimming or stitching involved. As long as your surfaces form a water type volume, you can select those surfaces and fill them up with material. So this is certainly beneficial for plastic part design, advanced shape description design, uh, if you want to make some complex shapes out of surfaces and then just fill them up without trimming or stitching required. But it's also useful for simpler, more prismatic designs as well because you can use it to cut away material instead of just add. Uh, you could create a multi-operation surface, say extrude a surface, put a couple fillets on it, make the surface what you want, and then use that surface to sculpt or to cut away material from an existing body.
0: Well, Charles, you're our part modeling guru around here and I suspect with uh, you doing a lot of the design work on this, you have some pretty good tips and tricks that you could help us out with. So, uh, maybe with that I'll I'll give you a few minutes to hit on some of your favorite tips and tricks.
1: Certainly, I can uh, start by talking about a couple small options we've added in the loft feature to make life a little easier. First off, we've added an edge chain in the context menu, so when you're selecting uh, surface edges to loft between, you can right click and select edge chain and chain around the edges to select, instead of selecting them one by one. Uh, We've also added a loft flip direction option in the conditions tab of the loft feature. So the loft flip direction option is a little arrow button that lets you toggle back and forth between uh, being tangent to the surfaces you're coming away from or being tangent to the face you've selected. You'll see a, a notably different shape and uh, it's just one more option to, to help you control the loft. We've also enhanced the shell and the thicken offset feature to have what we call an approximate offset. So in prior releases of Inventor we always did what we called a precise offset, which means we offset the surfaces that you selected precisely, exactly we now offer what we call an approximate offset, which allows the thicken or the shell feature to deviate slightly from your specified thickness or offset. So using this option will increase performance and robustness of shell and thicken offset operations. One advantage that we have over some of our competitors with similar functionality is the amount of control that we offer on the approximate offset. If you toggle over to the more tab on the shell or the thicken offset dialogs, first off you'll see the ability to control the approximate offset, allow it or disallow it. You'll also see uh, a couple of controls that that allow you to specify that the deviation is going to occur uh, at mean or it's never going to be too thin or never going to be too thick. So you control the inside or control the outside of your offset or your shell. So we also offer an option to specify the tolerance. So if you're comfortable with your part thickness being plus or minus 1%, you can specify 1% Otherwise you can just stick with the default options and Inventor will report back to you the amount of deviation that's occurred.
0: Those are great, Charles. Much appreciate your time and kind of digging into some of the new part capabilities in Inventor 11. I'm sure in the future we'll have some other podcasts that would like to invite you in and and do some other fun things if you're up for
1: it. Certainly, thanks a lot.
0: I definitely want to thank Charles for the interview. I pulled him out of a couple of busy meetings to take a few minutes to do that. So much appreciated in uh, his feedback and the information he gave us. And that's something we'd like to have interviews periodically of both internal Autodesk employees as well as some of our resellers and customers. And uh, I look forward to, to future interviews. Well, a little earlier I mentioned when we were talking about Kent Keller and his profile, uh that uh, he had a website and this in the next section we typically have resources and one of the the resources that I wanted to mention was his website Uh, he has a website called Quick MCAD and that's www.quickkwikmcad.com, and he's got a lot of great things out there on his website Kent has a number of macros on his website Uh, he's got various iParts He's got some tips and tricks, various pictures and a handful of links. So definitely a, a nice site if you're looking for some some macros, different little applications or iParts, a spot that I would definitely go out and check and see if he has some utilities that are beneficial for you. That basically brings us to Tips and Tricks, our last segment of our podcast. And I wanted to talk about a couple of different tips and tricks. A few months ago when we first started the blog, I posted a couple of tips and tricks pertaining to the control key in different environments. And I thought that I, want, I wanted to cover a few of those and then jump into a styles tip and trick. So the first one I'm going to talk about is holding down the control key when you're in a 2D sketch and applying constraints. You know by default in Inventor if you're in a 2D sketch you start drawing lines it automatically assumes constraints. for uh, Vertical, horizontal, parallel, perpendicular, things like that. Well, there may be times when you don't want to pick up those type of constraints. You know, once in a while I'll be in a, a big sketch and it's, it's trying to apply constraints to different components or different edges that, it, that I don't want it to. So a way to get around that, if you hold down the control key while you're dragging a line or, or sketching, it's not going to try to uh, imply or apply any types of constraints to the sketch geometry. So that's a, a nice use for the control key. Another area where you can use a control key while you're in the sketch mode, when you're placing dimensions, depending on what options you have, turn on in your application options if you have it automatically pop up to edit your dimensions or not. If you hold down the control key it'll toggle whatever option uh, so that, you know, by default I usually turn on the, the edit dimensions as soon as I place them. Well, if I hold the control key when I'm placing the dimension, it doesn't automatically pop up that uh, the little dialog that I can type in the text. So, you know, again, sometimes I'm just in a hurry, I want to rough something out. I like, by default, I like my dimensions to, to be edited when I place them, but if I'm just in a hurry, I don't necessarily always want to do that, so holding down the control key is a, a nice way to get around that. And our last one with the control key is, this is a, a great one, you know, if I'm projecting, if I have a couple of parts in an assembly and I'm I'm projecting edges from one part to another part in, in, a, in the sketch mode, it automatically makes those sketch entities adaptive. And One way to get around that is to hold down the control key when I'm selecting those edges from another part and it'll then project them onto my, my new sketch but it doesn't apply a, a, an adaptive relationship to them so that's a really nice way again if you have your application options set that cross part projection is, is adaptive that uh, holding that down will will disable that. So those are a couple of nice uses for the control key that you may not have seen before and you know quite often I forget about them and then run across them again and think oh, I really need to use that so hopefully that's beneficial to some of you. The last tip that we're going to add in here is the ability to modify your drawing scale size. So what I mean by that is if you create an IDW file and you go to create a drawing view, you're asked for what size you want the, the view to be. You can determine, you can specify one-to-one, one-to-two, a quarter scale, an eighth scale, and you may have particular needs where you don't need to see one-to-one, everything you do is really large or really small, and you want to customize what you see in that list. Well, you can now do that in Inventor 11, and to be able to, to modify that, Let's go up to the format pull-down in a drawing and and select the style editor. This pulls up our style editor and we can customize this based on, well you'll notice if you look at the left-hand side I've got things like balloons, center marks, dimensions. This is where you can make changes to virtually any of those. But you also, you're typically working on a style. So in my case I have the default standard ANSI style active and if I select that from the top left area there's a book that says standard and I can you may only see one and that just depends on if you have all styles filtered out or if you're just looking at the active standard but in my case I'm gonna select the default standard and once I do that the left side is populated with all the information for my default standard ANSI Uh, you know I have three tabs I have general available styles and object defaults and underneath each of these I can make specific type of changes. For example, under general I can change my units if it's going to be inches or metric and the, the separator if I want to have it be a decimal mark as a period or a comma and then the, the first angle and third angle projection and so on. But on to being able to change our scale size. You'll notice that there's a preset value area about right in the middle of this dialog and if I hit the drop down next to it, I have presets for line weights, text height, and scale. Well, I'm going to choose scale. and in this particular style in this particular style that I'm working on or standard, I have a quarter scale, a half scale, one to one, two to one. and I believe I've already modified this one. so yours may be a little bit different. But you'll notice in here that you can create new style sizes and delete old ones. So you may you may not want some of these like 10 to 1 and 5 to 1. Those may be too big for you. So you can go in and change those to be uh, a different size or just delete them so that you specify just the sizes that you want. This is a great way to just limit uh, what you need in your, your style library and the options that you're prompted in when you create your drawing. Hopefully you'll find some of these tips and tricks to be beneficial and you'll be able to use them in your everyday workflow. Something that, that we hope with each podcast is we can add some nice tips and tricks and uh, and make it beneficial to come out and listen to this. Also a lot of the information that I pulled from here I'll have in show notes and it's also it can be found in the community portal. So if you haven't had a chance to log into the community portal, I definitely recommend that you go out there and check it out see what's going on in your area if there's any great uh, great things happening also a lot of the tips and tricks that are out there by not only uh, internal autodesk people but also from the user community there are quite a few users that post tips and tricks out there and and a lot of other things so great place to look and uh, hopefully you guys had a good time and we'll see you on the next show